Hey y'all, and welcome to the table where everyone gets to take a seat. I am your host, Isaac Sanders, and I'm here with Cassie. Hello, What's hello. Up, friend. How are you? I am living. Girl, living. it's Black History Month. It is Black History Month. And I feel blacker than ever. <laughs> As in, I'm actually pale because I haven't seen the sun in months. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I feel black yes. in spirit, blacker in spirit, because literally that idea. I'm somewhere in between, like what my grandpa looks during the summer, and what my grandma looks like when she hasn't seen sun in months. So I just don't know what's <laughs> going on. But that's my life. Black by popular demand. I mean, yes, yeah, sure. Like, come on, <laughs> yeah. read my shirt. Know where I'm at. Look, know where I'm at. I know. Literally, Black History Month. I have a plethora of shirts just prepared to be like, mm. okay, so I'm gonna take an image in this shirt. I'm gonna have this kind of background. Yes. Way Adrian, oh my god, shout out to Adrian. But um, she shared this image with me where there was this group of black women mm-hmm. and they were taking pictures inside of Hobby Lobby with all the decorations. I saw that. That's some beautiful soon. ass women just in Hobby Lobby with the flowers, with just the fl- giving it looks, was cute. professional photos. Like there was that like, wow. that one where she was sitting under the arch veil thing. Yes. That was so cute. With the sunflower. I couldn't do with any of it. I was like, wow. So now that we're gonna do that Come eventually, Hobby Lobby. Yeah, we hate it because y'all are racist <laughs> yeah, and but that's homophobic. All good for. <laughs> but anyway, not the point. <laughs> anyway, so I have a monthly question. Yes, because yes. you're new and am I new? Are you new? Am I new? Literally, let's just talk about how you were the first person to yes. ever be on the podcast. So y'all remember me, you know, with the <laughs> because we were in peak <laughs> form. It was perfect oh content. I don't think I have ever had more fun since yes, then. Yes, it was hilarious. Yes. And now you're back for a month, and now I get to laugh for a month. For a whole Shout out to, month. it's a small month, but it's a month But it's a month, you know? I'm here. I'm oh my here, gosh. I'm so happy that you're here. But anyway, my question. Yes. Tell me what your favorite thing about being black is. Favorite thing is having melanin. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it's such a wonderful thing. Right. You know, it's. Just the way the sun just caresses the skin. Come on, caresses. <laughs> caresses the skin. It touches it. It kisses uh, it, it sometimes. Kiss, sun-kissed melanin skin. Yes. There we go. <laughs> I'm still waiting for it because it's cold outside. But it's, it's cold okay. outside. It's all right, though. You know, it's it's that time to hibernate. You ain't mm-hmm. got to put on lotion as much because nobody going to see your skin, like your knees and nothing, nothing like I that. I think you should still put on lotion, though. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh! Um, uh, look, I'm just saying. It's okay. Lotion though. is important. It's okay though. Okay. You know, ain't nobody gonna see me though. I go to school. Come on, that's it. Lotion is important. It is important. I'm moisturized today. I'm Thank moisturized you. Today. <laughs> I just need that to be clear. Also, something about being black. No, you really though. No. You have to moisturize, ladies and gentlemen, oh, and all of you folks. Please, cause look. On another podcast, it's called um, Getting Grown. Yes. yes. You know how she says at the end, she's like, "Yes, your black will crack <laughs> if you don't, if you don't m- moisturize. moisturize. Yes. Yes. That is a major key. That is a major key. <laughs> but yes, I'm happy that melanin. Uh, yes. And you know, just... All the love we get this this month. Right. You know? The community that the comes community. this month. And like, I feel ugh. like... 2017 and the buildup has been continuing through 2018 where a lot of blackness has been celebrated. Right. I don't know if it was because like the end of Obama's presidency, people were like, all right, y'all, <laughs> blackness is leaving. What are we doing? I don't right. know what it was, but you know. I think it all started with this nice young woman. Her name is Beyonce Giselle Knowles Carter. <laughs> um, She decided that she was going to drop a whole entire yeah. music video. You're right. Without announcing it to anyone. Lemonade. In full fashion. Mm-hmm. Right before the Super Bowl. To That's then right. perform the song mm-hmm. on the Super Bowl. Yep. And mm-hmm. announce that she had babies <laughs> on the way. Yes. In February. Yes. So personally, my favorite thing about being black. Is Beyonce. Is Beyonce. She transcends race. 
But <laughs> right, I was she's like, black first. Yeah, there we go. So know that. Okay, okay. So okay. for right now, on this day today. On this day of the Lord. On this day of the Lord. <laughs> what? <laughs> Beyonce Giselle Knowles Carter is why I love being black. Mm. And if somebody wants to fight me, then they can get fought over Beyonce <laughs> Giselle's Giselle Knowles Carter. Anyway. Cassie, what is our eating schedule? <laughs> I just, I don't know where this tangent came from, but like. Eating schedule? Yes. You mean when I eat? I mean. <laughs> <laughs> so usually <laughs> we have things and this is what we do here. No, no. Um, you, <laughs> you were like, my eating schedule, what do I eat? You know, I start at seven right. with breakfast and then, you know, I get a midday snack. Come somewhere between 10, 10, 30. Then 12, I eat lunch. Then I have another midday snack, but on the other end of the day. Mm-hmm. And then I go to dinner. Then at 2 o'clock in the morning, I get up. That part. And get a, a piece of cake <laughs> that I've been eating for years. I'm over it. <laughs> for years. Yes. So, Cassie. Yes. The eating schedule. <laughs> I for real was like, what did I eat today? <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> so, y'all. <laughs> this is going to be great. Um, so, we have appetizer. <laughs> Cassie is dying. Cassie can't breathe. I'm sorry. Woo! So, we have appetizer where we talk about, like, what we're going to do. Jump into, like, a nice little yes, icebreaker conversation. Yes, yes. And then, after that, yeah. we have dinner is served, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is where we talk about the main subject of the day. Yes, and, and then, then the end is dessert. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. yes, where we wrap <laughs> things up. Okay, I'm so happy we got through that. Yay. So, let's do our appetizer and jump right in. So. Okay. This month's topic is FUBU, mm-hmm. for us, by us. Not the brand. Not the brand, <laughs> but also isn't but that the name of the brand? brand. Okay. <laughs> it all comes together at one point. Um, and essentially, I don't even think for us, by us was anything before the brand, actually. Like, I did That's some so research cool. and I looked at it and I was like, okay, so where did this term come from? And mm-hmm. it was literally the brand. Like, FUBU is for Who us, by us. Who invented FUBU? Uh, do you know? No, I'm gonna look up real quick. Hold okay. on, we should know this I know beforehand. But like, aside from the brand, the f- other time, the f- one of the few other moments that I heard it was from Solange. Uh, Solange's um, Fubu, mm-hmm. which is the interlude. Yes, and I really like that interlude yes. simply because it's like one for us, shit like that. Yeah, like it's just very powerful and very like reclaiming of the stuff that we do create, like reclaiming our time or like on fleek or any like word that is used in public in this day and age that like everybody consumes is for us and by us, but has somehow been adapted and stolen because cultural Mm -hmm. appropriation, um, cultural servitude, like all of these different things that black people have to engage with simply because we're black and people think they have like a capital on our culture, which Mm is bullshit. Bullshit, but also history, Mm, you know, black people have been capital. They've been serving the white man for quite some time (laughs) and the white woman. And the white woman. Let's be very clear about that too. Y'all don't get left out out of the shade. Um, So, you know, it's... It's nice for us to be able to reclaim mm-hmm. FUBU. Right. And, and what FUBU really is. What FUBU really and is. And Solange did a really good job with the seat at the table. Yes, it is. Fuck Master P. But yes. Solange did it. Very fair. <laughs> Wait, what did Master P do? You don't know what he did? No, I want to know. He Spilled went on his, his Twitter. Oh, no. His tweety Twitter. And you know Tommy Lauren? Mm. That little funky, little funky I don't thought. like her. Mm-hmm. He went and basically defended her in a way um, to say, like, you know, he pulled a Steve Harvey and Trump, you know, where Steve (sighs) Harvey went over to Trump and had this meeting and said, he's not a bad guy type of bullshit. So he went to Tommy, had a discussion, came out like, she's not a bad woman. 
you know? We had discourse and we talked and I'm like You know, for you For you for you she might not be yeah. bad. Um yeah. for blackness in general she's bad. Yeah. For marginalized identity she's bad. She's terrible. I do And I think Kind of tying it into the last podcast you had. Okay, yeah, about yeah. Get out. You know, it's just a. It's a circle. Full circle. Circle full of circle. life. Yeah. So. You know. It's just what it is. I just need Solange to make a new album. <sighs> I'm waiting patiently to see Solange live. I just know that like Ooh. Beyonce is one thing. Like we know what we're gonna get. There's gonna be yes. theatrics. There's gonna be a show. It's gonna be a bop, right? But Solange. She gives you vibes, and that's a completely does. different that's gig yes. that I need to get into one day in my life. Probably when I slow down <laughs> a little bit. Um, not when I'm always constantly looking for a bop. Yeah. Because, you know, I'm, I'm here for a bop. Because yeah. I am a bop. You is. I'm a bop. But. Bop! I'm over it. Okay. Woo! We're just going to. Yep. So, thinking about FUBU and what FUBU means for us. How does it affect us in our lives? Mm. And is FUBU this podcast? Mm. Mm-hmm. Deep question. Okay, I don't even okay. have the answer for that. I just asked the question. I didn't so, even think about it in my head. What did FUBU do for us? Um, not the brand. Right. <laughs> not the brand, because literally that money went into somebody's pockets. And it wasn't mine. Right. I think uh, I gave them my money. So I don't... Mm, anyway. Um... I would say the way in which Solange used it in her music, she really recentered the black woman. Mm-hmm. And her whole album was about the intersection of being black and a woman. Right. And that brings up intersectionality. Yes. What is intersectionality? Well, kids. <laughs> <laughs> intersectionality is the multiplicity of oppressions, not identities. That's important distinction. And that comes from Kimberlé Crenshaw. Cite her, please, because she deserves this. Cite black women. That's a hashtag out there. Is so, that a hashtag it is for a real? hashtag I'm because really into the that. works of black women are being stolen, being used, I misused. Mean, yeah, the on fleek girl still ain't got paid yet for that phrase, <laughs> and they still selling that shit at Forever Twenty One. And I want her God. to get some coin, but she also is a makeup artist. Yes. I couldn't find her. Um, go fund me. But like, if you can find a way to fund her, find her and fund her. <laughs> She had a GoFundMe at one point, but it was gone. And I was like, what happened to this? I was like, I got to find it. I can't. I I couldn't find it. I'm really upset about it, y'all. Black women out here trying to do the best for us, for literally everyone. Yeah. And they ain't getting what they need. Black women have the strongest political presence. Right. And they are mothers. They are doing X, Y, and Z. And, you know. Yeah. The way shit works, we still get here with all these determinants of disparity. Yeah. Because whiteness. <laughs> and masculinity. And masculinity. And mm. lots of phobias. Mm. So it's a multi- multiplicity of oppressions that is intersectionality. So I need people to know what that is. I'm so. just now upset. But it's fine. <laughs> Why upset? Because I hate, like, uh, I get so mad and mm-hmm. angry about how most of the like work and we talk about like who created America and who mm-hmm. created the world and like a lot of the times it'd be like it's on the black of the, the backs of the most marginalized and the most marginalized being black women mm-hmm. primarily yeah. and like dark skinned women primarily um and so I think about that often mm-hmm. And it gets, it just makes me mad because, like, as somebody who has certain amounts of privilege, mm-hmm. how do I help dismantle that? Isn't, like, I'm doing the best I can, but, you know, I'm just one person. And then I get yeah. mad because I understand something. You understand it, too. Yeah. Like, and it didn't, I don't think it took me that long to be educated by this because I was mm-hmm. raised by a single mother and I've always been, like, black women are everything. So, like, yeah. let's be real about that. But, um moving forward and like trying to make it a more inclusive um like equitable liberated space Mm. um centering black women or like dark-skinned women and like when i say women i'm encompassing trans women also like that's how i see like a better world but like i don't know if that's the liberation everybody else wants and that makes Mm. me mad so that's why i'm mad but it's okay. 
No, it's not. It's but not. we'll get there one day. Let's say that. Mm. One day. It may be after we're dead, but like we'll yeah. get there. Hopefully. 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 Yeah, so back to FUBU. <laughs> um, <laughs> I guess the second part of your question was, is FUBU in this podcast? Yes. Is it? I don't know. We'll find well, out this Well, let's, let's think about this. Um, let's let's unpack what this podcast is. Uh-oh. Entails, okay? Uh-oh. I'm, I'm what shook. was the purpose for you beginning this podcast? What did you want to accomplish I wanted to have a better relationship with the people that I brought on this podcast to center voices that are not normal, like normally centered. Okay. So mm-hmm. when you think of the concept of FUBU, who is the us? My collective. Mm. The people who are not centered in the center. So my marginalized folks. Okay. Mm-hmm. So do you feel, this is not now an interview. No, I'm like really here now. I'm like, I'm following. Okay. Do you feel like the work that you have done or the product you've um, been able to cultivate mm-hmm. properly centers the us that you feel has been marginalized? Yes. But oh. I can always do more work and okay. have different voices who are more, not necessarily more marginalized, but get mm-hmm. different perspectives that are not usually centered. Because I know the people that I'm pulling from mm-hmm. are not necessarily everyone. Right. But it is people who I know are not normally centered in conversation. Mm-hmm. So FUBU in progress. Ooh. That's what my podcast is. FUBU, <laughs> FUBU in progress. progress. <laughs> I'm shook Put that about on the it. shirt. Put it on a shirt. Come FUBU on, merch. merch. Yeah. <laughs> I'm over it. Okay. <laughs> We're going to take a break. We'll be right back. And we're back. So we're talking about black love and what that looks like for us. So, Cassie, my question is, how do you define black love? Bobby Caldwell. (laughs) (laughs) No, but really, though. (laughs) (laughs) What you will do for love, I mean. God, um, that was a good one. How do I define black love? Um, black love is free from oppression. Mm-hmm. Okay. Black Speak love. more to that. <laughs> Tell me more about that. So if you are able to engage in a partnership with someone, and love can be defined however you want it to be defined as, mm-hmm. but if you can engage in a partnership that is healthy, in which you and that partner can dialogue openly and freely. Um, you and that partner can share in the most intimate settings. doesn't have to be sexual, but share in the most intimate settings, intimate actions, um, such as, you know, I don't know. Some, pe- some people find intimacy as, you know, we're talking about black shit, blackness. Or yeah. some people define it as, you know, I'm writing and you're doing homework and I'm just watching you or some, something like that, you know? Yeah. So let me tell you, okay, this happened recently and I'm going to get over it eventually. But, um, you know, I was doing what I was doing, Mm -hmm. some hoe shit. And, um, somebody had came over Mm -hmm. and the next day they like woke me up and they were talking to me and there was crust in my eye. Cause you know, I always have crust in my eye. I don't know why I'm always crying. Like crust just develops. It's really not cute. So... He, like, wipes it out of my eye, and I was shook because I've never had, like, I don't know what it was, but it felt very intimate, mm-hmm. and I was shook. Like, I haven't been shook. I, like, like I haven't been shook like that in a minute. Yes. Like, somebody, like, making sure you look good, that somebody has yes. to, like, let me we get your eye like crust that. real quick. Let me, let me get let that me get real quick. <laughs> let me get your eye crust out your eye real quick. Like, yeah. I didn't know how to act. Anyway, people like that in our lives, you know, somebody just be like, you know, you're not looking right today. sis. Let me pull it together with for you, for you. (sighs) Anyway, 
I'm gonna let it yeah. go one day, but for right now, yeah, I'm not gonna. You hold on to it. You hold on. Because to it. that was really that nice. Was, that was nice. And you know that is black love. Like if you got a partner who could just be like, you ain't going out that looking like that today. Right. Love, you know we we gonna get you right. That's mm-hmm. black love. Not to do so in a hostile way. Oh, yeah, because <laughs> let's be very let clear. Us, let us be very very clear. Hostility is not love. <laughs> but yes. it's freedom to me. It's freedom of. Freedom from oppression. Yes. It is bliss. Mm-hmm. Just the ultimate bliss. Yes. And just knowing that somebody's got you. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be an intimate person, but just like a friend, somebody's got you. Yes. Mm. Yeah. I feel uplifted. Yes. After that, like that was really good because mm. I was going to say the same thing. Really? Like black love is very, um, well, hold on. Let me let me run this back real quick. Okay. So there was this black love symposium mm. that was supposed to happen. And um, me and a group of other black people mm-hmm. were going to do a panel discussion about what black love meant for us. Mm-hmm. And um these people have all been on the podcast, but okay. I don't know if I want me to share their names in this moment because we obviously did not do the panel mm-hmm. for a lot of plethora of reasons, but I'm not going to spill okay. that tea today. Okay. Um, but I am going to say that <clears throat> what we discussed was we were talking about black love and how it is freeing in a very specific way and yes. it is given to things that are not black in a very specific way. Mm-hmm. So um, black love for me transcends the idea of what race is. It transcends Mm. um, the idea of what love should be or Mm. the way that our society has defined love. I see black love as something that is liberation um, simply because we live in a world where blackness can't thrive. And so for blackness to love in a place that does not love them, that is a liberating act. That is a radical act. And so for all of that to be true and be held in a place of like, knowing that we're not supposed to even be here, like people don't want us to be here. Like to be black and to love is so much more than what people want to give it credit to be. Yes. So, yeah. That's beautiful. I don't know. Beautiful. I just, I I think of black black love and I immediately just think of my grandma. And I'm just like, I'm just like the way that my grandma gives to so many people and cares and would take everything out of her closet and give mm-hmm. it to a complete and utter stranger. Yeah. Not because she has to, mm-hmm. but because she knows that that is right and how that right is not everybody else's right. And I'm pretty sure it's only my grandma's right. But like, it comes with the way that right. she was raised in blackness, right. like how that looked like in the 1920s and 1930s. So that community of love, that community care love that she like gives is so much more than what love is for a lot of other people. So that's what black love is to me, to be past what love truly is and be what love actually Mm -hmm. is supposed to be. Ooh, who the fuck am I saying? Who are you? I don't know. There's days. There's just days where I say profound shit and tomorrow I'm going to be running around listening to Migos or something. Like, really just be Um, on the other end of the spectrum. But, like, it's fine. (laughs) It's who I am. You went from Harry Belafonte to Migos. (laughs) Like, really, though. Actually, like, (laughs) literally in the same playlist. Yes. In the same playlist. (sighs) Anyway. So my follow-up question is, if I can find it, because who am I but on brand? Um, (laughs) So how does society define black love? And I'm talking about BET black love. Oh, Lord. Okay. Like, let's be very clear about what whose definition we're using. The BET black love. love. BET, I don't know if this is still true, but I know BET has been owned by Viacom Mm -hmm. uh, for a long time, which is a white corporation. Right. and they've got a black figurehead, the woman who. Oh, she's not there no more. Oh, she's gone now. Mm-mm. Deborah. Yeah, Deborah, Deborah gone. gone. Damn, Deborah Debbie. gone. Shit. I think she left last year. Oh wow. Okay. I could be completely wrong. Well, whatever the case may be, BET. Um, I have a very love hate 
situation with BET. You mm-hmm. know, as a kid growing up, that's where I saw, you know, 106 in Park, Tigger, oh. from, Tigger from the base, the basement, you know. I missed 106 like, in Park. Remember were, when it was 106 in Party for like a short period yeah. of time and that was some bullshit? Yeah. Anyway, sorry. That's we can Bow continue. Wow ended up on it and, you know. Bow Wow ain't yeah, shit. No. But anyway. Chad Moss or whatever the fuck his real name is. Can't afford to fly jets, so he faked a picture on economy. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. But um I think the way in which society being B E T as they define black black no, uh, black love, I cannot talk today, is very heteronormative. Mm-hmm. Um it is very toxic mm-hmm. because you tend to see black figures just being homophobic, yeah, queerphobic, uh, misogynistic, um, perpetuating misogynoir, mm-hmm. which if y'all don't know what that is, misogynoir is the intersection between racism and sexism as it relates to black women. Yep. Um, and that's why I kind of distance myself from BET in general. Mm-hmm. There's nothing positive about it for me. So fair. Yeah. And I think it also... Just thinking about Twitter and black Twitter and um, the way that Twitter operates in blackness, Mm -hmm. it is very much rooted within this idea of what BET sees as black love. Because when I think of black love, like, I think about the BET showing of, like, February when they show all the, like, black love stories. So, like, Love and Basketball or, like, Baby Boy or, like, all these iconic, I'm air quoting, um, movies Mm -hmm. that are supposed to encompass black love. Mm -hmm. And then you think about it. The dude in Love and Basketball was emotionally abusive the whole entire time. Baby Boy is traumatic. He was terrible. Like Tyrese is still traumatic in and out that movie. (laughs) Tyrese had choices and made all the wrong ones. But it's not the point. The point is, (laughs) all of it ain't shit. Um, And it's difficult, right? To like critique those things because for a lot of black folks, that's them. They're like, that's me. That's me on that TV screen. I'm like, okay, we gonna critically look at you. Because we gonna have to unpack that. Let's be very clear. Right. But um, even with that, mm-hmm. like the fact that we can't transcend black love into like queer spaces, yes. or we can't transcend it into like healthy spaces, like yes. let's that's also a thing. Like I think about hood culture and what I was raised in, or whatever people may think. Well, I was raised around whiteness, but like there were specific instances where I was in hood culture. I don't think that's the proper term, but like who the fuck am I? I was gonna say define hood culture. Like hood culture, as in like being like in like more poor black neighborhoods, not necessarily Mm. like the ones where it's like underground economy is present, or like that's the norm for most folks. Like where I'm from in Wichita, um, the area that I live in is where a lot of like drug dealers live. So like the idea of the trap. Mm-hmm. There we go. Okay. There we go. Okay. I don't like calling it the trap, though. I know. Because it yeah. sounds like a like. Trap I'm using so trap negative. because that is I'm pulling from. I was gonna say pulling from the literature, pulling from the discography of Come various. Come on, discography. 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 <laughs> artists like Jeezy, for example, fair. who Very uses fair. trap. Yes. Two chains at one point uses trap. You know. Yes. So that's where I'm pulling from. When yes. I say trap. trap. Very well. Yes. Thank you for getting me with the lingo <laughs> because I'm old. Cassie is definitely older than me, but I'm old. I'm old. Um, I don't get with the young folk no more. <laughs> All of these rappers are older than me. They are. They really are. Anyway, not the point. Um, yes. Yeah, so trap culture mm-hmm. and how like like we listen to rap music or trap music in particular, and they are so misogynistic and so yes. homophobic and all of these things, but like. Queer people are in the trap. Women obviously are in the trap. Like, there's all types of people in the trap. And it's much more complex than what Mm -hmm. people like to believe it is. And I think it also, in all of this black love and what BET is presenting and what people talk about on Twitter, I also think it's governed by whiteness, too. And whiteness plays a factor Mm -hmm. in it also because it makes us believe that we have to be a certain kind of blackness, which is whiteness personifying blackness in a very specific way because we're still controlled and like under pressure 
with this system that oppresses mm. us every single day. So we also have to like be cognizant of what whiteness does to blackness, specifically black love, when we see it on television. So then let me ask you a follow-up question. Why do we allow whiteness to dictate what we define as black love? We shouldn't. Mm. But a lot of the time we do. Okay. And that's like, well, also... I don't know, because I also think that whiteness tries to perpetrate violence in black love and saying that what we do is wrong um, and why we shouldn't. I don't know, because it's hard to be critical of something and then also be like, but whiteness is going to tell us that it's wrong anyway, so might as well just keep doing it, like, because we're defiant. And so, like, I mean, I'm defiant. I don't know about we, but I am. <laughs> and so I'm going to do whatever the hell I want mm-hmm. to. But it's it's such a complicated like conversation to have where it's like, okay, so when we're watching things like, I mean, we all know love and basketball is emotionally abusive and baby boy is emotionally abusive. Um, Like most of these movies are very emotionally abusive, but um, I'm trying to think of, um, do you watch This Is Us? I've seen one episode. Okay, the black couple on This Is Us. Okay. there's some critiques of the way that they treat each other. Mm. And I don't see that as a critique of, like, I don't see it as a critique. They say, like, the way they treat each other is, like, not productive. And them yelling at each other in the street in one episode or, like, mm-hmm. walking away from each other. Like, they're like, oh, yeah, like, people shouldn't do that. Like, you have to f- sit there and you have to talk it out and all this other stuff. And I was like, no, that's healthy. Like, mm-hmm. me getting into an argument with somebody and being like, I can't do this anymore, I gotta go by, is a lot healthier than me continuously yelling at somebody exactly. to get to the point where I'm gonna demean them or get to this point where I'm going to say something that I really don't mean, but because I feel hurt, I'm going to lash out with hurt too. Right. So, like, there's certain dynamics that I think in black love mm-hmm. that pop up that I think are way more healthier than what the literature says, mm-hmm. which the literature is governed by whiteness, right? So, like them telling us this is how we should act or this is how we should communicate in our communities and da 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 like I don't think I think there's so much more there mm. but who the hell am I? <laughs> I don't know anything. I'm just out here trying to live <laughs> and be black and love some shit. Love like some anime. Shit. I love that shit. Black love could be anime. Look. That's a word. <laughs> I have questions on what just walked past me. On what? Okay. Not who. On what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, last question. <laughs> like, because I, I genuinely, I have so many other ones, but um, they have nothing to do with this podcast. So, <laughs> um, how can we reclaim black love for LGBTQ folks, mm-hmm. um, poor folks, any intersections outside of cishet, hotepery? <laughs> it's like potpourri, but hoteps. Hotepery. <laughs> smells bad. Smells bad. <laughs> smells like, oh God, I'm not going there. Let's I'm gonna not stop. do that. I'm going to stop that. I'm just going <laughs> to stop right there. It just smells bad. <laughs> so, how can we reclaim black love for mm-hmm. LGBTQ? But also, them also being black people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, it goes back to my original statement in just um, making sure that it's free from oppression. Um, and I'll speak personally from a little bit about my own story. Um, just knowing I being a queer black woman. Um, <laughs> <laughs> All right, Isaac. <laughs> I didn't know where to put my drink. <laughs> I, I just thought it would make too much noise on the counter thing. I'm so sorry. It's okay. Um, me being a queer black woman, you know, I was in a previous relationship that was unhealthy. Mm-hmm. Um, and at that time, I thought it was black love. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, you know, in terms of LGBTQ plus folk, we have the highest disparity in terms of um, health outcomes. We have mm-hmm. the highest highest disparities in when it comes to intimate partner violence, mm-hmm. and couple that with your blackness. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of trauma that you're inf- like introducing to a relationship, knowing that your queerness is also additional trauma that you're experiencing, and the disparity is highest, especially for 
queer women, lesbian, mm-hmm. bisexual women, bisexual speci- men, specifically, women and bisexual men. Yeah. So it's a lot. Yes. So reclaiming black love, knowing that you belong to the LGBTQ plus um, category is ensuring that you can integrate healthy healthiness, um, you know, communication, um, assurance, security, mm-hmm. um, all the things that you feel that you need for yourself include that into the relationship. Right. The positive things. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. I think it's like already being marginalized folks yes. as being black yes. and then adding intersections to it. I think yes. <clears throat> I think about it like about this a lot about like being the others of the other mm-hmm. and how that looks and how yes. that feels. <laughs> um and when it comes to the way that love works within these sp- spheres, it always feels like you're grasping at straws, right? Yes. Like the leftovers. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna love you to a certain degree because what you're doing may be um, rooted in sin mm-hmm. or like what you're doing is not what most black, black people do. So like mm-hmm. you don't deserve this kind of love, but you're gonna get some of it because like you my cousin. And so like, I love you, but like I really don't love you. Um, and I feel like it comes back to like community at the mm-hmm. end of the day um, and how that looks and finding and creating your own family, your mm-hmm. family or whatever you want to call it mm-hmm. um, in black love and rooted in something that is healthy mm-hmm. and has like proper boundary setting yes. and like um, ha- like is trauma informed mm-hmm. or uh, back to like literature but like it just gets you and it gives you the space to be you in the most authentic way um which is not always often the case um but and if i can interject um bringing it back to uh holding any queer identities Mm -hmm. um it is very difficult at least i'll speak for me because i don't know anyone else's story but it's very Mm -hmm. difficult to uphold queerness being in a phenotypically heteronormative relationship. So what I mean by that is knowing that I am a queer, bisexual black woman mm-hmm. and being with a cishet man, mm-hmm. that in itself is a lot of issues. <laughs> and that may be another podcast for another day. You However, <laughs> we always could do this. Yeah. So the toxicity exists on a lot of levels. So it's not just dating other women, but it's also dating cishet men. Um, I mean, you know, (laughs) I have this thing coming up on a Saturday. Is a queer nigga still a nigga? Great question. (laughs) We might get the answer on Saturday. (laughs) Like, (laughs) but yes, um, that's real. That's just very valid. Um, I don't know if men go through the same thing, but. At least from your experience. I'll, My I'll experience. Take that. <sighs> so, yes. yes. Um, <laughs> okay. But mostly just, oh God, I just, the down low culture in the black community is disgusting. Yes. It's exhausting. Yes. And I understand why it exists. Mm. But it's not healthy yeah. and it's not fair and there's no such thing as love in those spaces. Um, but it's really dis like it's really disheartening because that's all we got mm-hmm. right and i um i don't know how to like express to people how much it hurts to feel like i deserve to have love but i'm not going to get it because the world doesn't love the person i like to be with enough mm-hmm. to allow them to be themselves fully mm-hmm. and that's what i feel like black love should be is that liberated like mm-hmm. i love you regardless of what you choose to be mm-hmm along with being black, right? Mm-hmm. I just, I like imagine a world where people are just allowed to just be their authentic selves yeah. and be accepted for their authentic, sel- authentic selves by everyone in their community and them not have to choose between being black or queer. Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, that's what it is. It's like you either choose your blackness and stay with yeah. like the trap. <laughs> like, you, just, you just kind of brought a story to my yeah. mind. So there was a point where I dated a intersexed mm-hmm. um, woman and you know, we had a little thing for a bit and she was just, I'm saying she because that was the pronouns that she used. Um, and she was so insecure 
about her physical form, mm-hmm. um, knowing that she was intersexed. And she came from a very violent relationship because mm-hmm. of that. So coming to me when we were talking or whatever, she felt like she would engage in the same thing. And I told her, what you got going on is cool with me. Right. As long as we Let's can be get very down. Clear. If the get down is correct. If the get down is correct. <laughs> if, it, if it flows, it flows. <laughs> like but Niagara Falls. If it flows, it flows. Bitch, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> Woo. That's why I'm at today. That's a period joke. That's a period joke. <laughs> anyway. No, but like just being able to reassure partners that you may be with who may be trans or intersex or whatever, mm-hmm. just being able to meet them where they're at and also accommodating not be a dangerous figure in their life. Right. Because black love shouldn't be synonymous with danger. Exactly. It should be exactly what it is, just black love. And exactly. what we defined is it as earlier. Because yes. it's like, I know a lot of people have this like weird disconnect with black love mm-hmm. where it's like, oh, I don't agree with that because black love looks like this, this, and this, and this is how I experience my life, which is valid, like your experiences and what right. you feel like when another partner partner who has the same race as you or the same skin tone as you is right. fair. But at the same exact time, like, I think all the time, and back to this, is like when I think about black love, I think about my relationship with my mom. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the first black love interaction I ever experienced. Mm-hmm. And that might not be positive with people, but like black love brought you into this world. Mm-hmm. It won't take you out. It, mm. it may. Oh, did you read that medium by yeah. Kiki? Kiki Look. will shine you out, eh, girl? Right. <laughs> and, like, a lot of that violence, though, is it comes from this place of I don't want you to feel or I don't, I want to protect you in a way. And that, mm-hmm. like, it comes back at the end of the day. Like, I talked to my mom about this, and she was like, whenever you were growing up, um, and you were very flamboyant. You were very like queer presenting as mm-hmm. a five year old. Like mm-hmm. I used to strike a pose. Um, but uh, she was always very like, you need to stand like this, and you need to walk like this. And if you don't walk like this, like it's because at the end of the day, she was trying to make sure that I didn't get killed by somebody mm-hmm. who didn't see me as an individual. And I like, oh, I read the mess out of Kiki's thing because I was like, this is real. I highlighted the hell out of that medium post. <laughs> um, she but, actually has another one that she did a follow-up to it. And I'm shook. On my Facebook. I'm scared. Like, she did not do her job today because she mm-hmm. was typing up on media. <laughs> and I love that, though, because what she was talking about was very yeah. real and yeah. so valid, especially yeah. with when it comes to black love and yeah. parenthood and parenting, which I would not know anything about it other than my relationship with my mother. Mm-hmm. But, like those words and those phrases, they're violent and they're scary and they cause trauma and it makes you think that that's the norm. And it's the same exact words that are used by people who don't look like us to invalidate us. Mm -hmm. And so I don't know, I always grapple with this idea of like, was that love, like was that my mom loving me to make sure that I was going to be safe and prepared for a stranger to tell me that to my face? Mm. Or was it, my mom just making like trying to cover something up that she didn't want any, anybody else to see. Like I have a queer child, which we had a discussion and it was the first one. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't think a lot of those conversations happen. Yeah, my because, mom and I just started that conversation in December, right. but it was like three hours long and it was a lot. We never went back to it. Yeah, because <laughs> that's a lot of unpacking that you yeah. got to do with another individual. And if that right. individual ain't ready to unpack, tears yeah. will happen. And yeah. I do not fuck with tears. Yeah. Don't like crying. But anyway. But black love is also being able to cry. Is it? Loving yourself. (laughs) Right. Okay, that's right. (laughs) Self-love, you know, knowing that when you got to cry, you got to cry. Black love is loving yourself. Yes. As a black person. As a black person because self-hate is real. It is too real. Too real. Too real. I remember. (laughs) So. Be very clear. I feel like all of us Shout out to Black Panther, too, for, like, showing dark-skinned women. Ooh, say that. Because that representation is very, limited. very limited. Limited. So, I for one, I'm happy to see a semblance of myself in that movie. You better say that. Yes. Literally, I was thinking that the other day um, about how Black Panther is not only like black; mm-hmm. it's very particularly African, yes. right? And that's really important. But um, yeah, yeah, that's really real. Okay. 
we're going to take a break. And then we're going to come back. And we're going to talk about something that happened here in Lawrence. Okay. Um, that we need to talk about because okay. the world got us fucked up. Anyway. And we're back. So let's talk about this white supremacy rally that happened in Lawrence <sighs> on Saturday. Um, so if you guys do not know what I'm talking about, essentially there was a group of people responding to a drag the flag event that I don't know yeah, if happened. It got canceled. That got canceled. Okay, there we go. There's the answer. Yeah. Um, and... Uh, in response, there was a whole bunch of white people who are not from the Lawrence community. Well, some of them were from mm-hmm. the Lawrence community um, who walked down Mass Street and was like, yeah, this is what we do. This is what we about. And um, it was terrifying. Um, I wasn't here. Um, Kathy responded to my um, Facebook post and was like, I was about to go down there. And I was like, I'm glad you didn't. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So that. Uh, that day, Saturday, I was teaching over at Edwards campus, and on my way back, um, that's when I was checking Facebook, mm-hmm. and then I saw your post about 40 to 60 or 50 caravans mm-hmm. with white supremacists out, and I was like, oh, okay. And on my way back, I totally missed the downtown area, but, you know, going down... Um, what's that street, Iowa or mm-hmm. whatever, and just seeing hella pickup trucks. Right. And I'm just like, this is right by my house. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm at the point in my life where I'm no longer afraid. And there was a point where I f- was fearful, like, oh, right. my gosh, my life is being threatened. But now I'm just like, try me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, that's real. And I think, like, in the context of, like, what we were talking about, about black love mm-hmm. and... um what that looks like um i felt like in that moment um to be black or to be a marginalized mm-hmm. identity in general um those are those moments where i'm so shook to the point that i feel like those are those moments when i feel like there's nothing there's yeah. nothing in this world that loves me that cares about me yeah. um that is going to stop this violence from happening to me yeah. all and you can do is stay home yeah, it's like, really it. And if they decide to come to your home, what the hell are you going to do? Mm-hmm. Like, those are the mo- the moments where I feel most out of control. And mm-hmm. I wasn't even here, but yeah. it was like something that I was thinking about. I was like thinking about GU, and I was thinking mm-hmm. about my black family that's here, yeah. and I was thinking about my marginalized folks who was here. Yeah. Just like that idea of like whiteness will always show up and show the fuck out, regardless of if we try and stop it or not. And Who's going to get us and how is that going to work? And how is that love and liberation going to push through and actually show up? And so I wanted to address it just to say that, like, if you need any support, there are resources out there. Um, But know that you're not alone in feeling some type of way because I feel some type of way. Take advantage of your counter spaces, counter spaces being the people that identify with you. Whatever your identity is, just find those people. Yeah, because that's where that black love show up, okay? Exactly. Look, let these people know about black love in these counter spaces. Yes. However, do not internalize any fear that comes out of that space because it's so easy to just see that happening and then you engaging in black love, whatever that is, and then you have people spreading fear Mm -hmm. and then you sitting in fear. And I think that was one of the things that happened earlier um or last year with the gun being on campus guns right, on right, campus right. we all sat in fear and life is still going on we have to keep moving we do and it's not it's about being proactive instead of reactive, reactive. and um i think that's what we need to think about moving forward yeah. but shit who am i to be giving advice <laughs> i got to give them caveats cuz <laughs> who am i just self care just self-care, self-care. Mental health, self-care, all of that. Take right. care of yourself. Do what you got to do to survive. And then mm-hmm. come hang out and kiki with me. I am over <laughs> us at this point. Um, <laughs> but anyway, any church announcements, girl? Church announcements. Fuck a church. No. I'm done. <laughs> 
<laughs> you know, this is not a Christian no, really. program. The black church is like the worst. The church in general is the center of the black community. It ain't my center. It's not it my center. The center. You know, of the my church. It's a drag show. I got a direct connection with my my folks Look, up there, so I don't, I don't need a mediator. There was <laughs> when I was in D.C. There was this place called Trade, and it was mm-hmm. a bar. It was mm-hmm. called Trade. Okay. That's how you know it was my yeah. life. Um, I was like Trade. Ooh, Ooh. Trade. <laughs> no, I like a good trade. Bitch. Um, <laughs> but anyway, uh, but yeah, they had church on Sundays, okay. and it was um hosted by Hell No Kitty, and. <laughs> My best friend Chris and I would go, and Chris would always come with this high ponytail and yes. like this glitter face that Hell No Kitty would put on mm. him. It was cute. It was a little look. I'll, okay. I'll post pictures. Please it's a look. Do. I have to ask Chris first because Chris might be like, "Who the fuck? Why are you putting me up on this show?" <laughs> but um, I'll ask him first, and we'll go about that. He's like my big brother. Aww. But um, yes. Anyway, that was a sidetrack from hell. That was a sidetrack. But yeah, yes, church announcements that are not related to the actual church. <laughs> um, no offense to anybody that does love the church. Yes. No. Do you? Maybe um, us. No announcements. No announcements. You know, listen to the podcast. That's all right. I got. Let these people know. Yes. Tune in. Be about it. Tune in. Stay educated. Yeah. yeah. Read a book. Read a book. Put some Vaseline on your face. Stay moisturized. Swing on a hoe. Moisturize your lips, cause cold weather, black people. You Are you saying that cause my lips is cracked? A little bit. <laughs> Self love, black love. <laughs> my lips is cracked. I lost my chapstick. <laughs> Still love you though. Know. <laughs> nah, I'm upset. Anyway, <sighs> so um, announcements for me. Okay. Other than um, getting on my Patreon for extra content, which I need yes. to keep up on. Like, I'm sorry for the people who are already on there and I'm not keeping up to date with the shit that I'm supposed to be keeping up to date to. I'm barely keeping up with this podcast. Look, we releasing this on Wednesday. It was supposed to be released on Monday. We on CP time. That's it's okay. Black History Month. No CP time. Yeah. Um, but anyway. How fucked up would it be if Black Panther doesn't come out on time? And they're just like, CP time, Saturday. <laughs> On brand. Literally would not even be upset. I'd just be like, well, yeah. that's what it was. Black people did this. Yeah. And we knew what we were going to get into. Right. But, um, yeah, so I have a symposium that I'm speaking yes. at. Um, it's the Masculinity Symposium. February it's 10th. February 10th. This Saturday. I'm a breakout um, session. Breakout! Right. <laughs> Break out with the queers. Um, but yes, if you want to come hear me speak and yes. other people who have been on the podcast, a.k.a. Anthony um, Boynton is the keynote. Keynote? Um, keynote. 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 Sound like keynote. Mm. Anyway. Moving on. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yes, he is doing the keynote, and there's going to be a lot of other people up there talking about masculinity and the way that it shows up, specifically from the lens of the 444 album mm-hmm. by Jay-Z and how that works with all of that. Mm-hmm. So come out and check that out. And as always, um, hit us up on the social medias. Yeah. Um, they'll be in the bio link thing below, yeah. simply because I'm not trying to say all of that ever again in my life. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we'll see you next time. Bye. 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 Come on. Come on.